0: Welcome back to The Dershow. Um, I certainly would like to see the Ukrainian army defeat the Russian aggressors, certainly defend the people of Mariupol and other cities from uh, having in- civilian casualties inflicted on them. I support the Ukrainian uh, armed forces and their heroic efforts to beat back the much larger uh, Russian army. That's why when I turned on CNN and saw Jake Tapper – um, one of the few CNN um, talk show hosts I, I actually I- admire along with Wolf Blitzer and, and a few others um, as you know I'm suing CNN so they're not my best friends but um, in any event when I saw Jack Tapper interview one of the commanders uh, of the brigade that is defending uh, Mirapol and other cities in the in the south east of the country I was very Pleased and and Tapper conducted as usual a very good interview, and then I noticed the following on the screen. This is the CNN uh, interview, and and look closely on the chest of the brave soldier, and you'll see a symbol. Uh, I'll do a close up. I took screenshots of it because I was so upset. This is the symbol. It's the yellow symbol I'm talking about, not the eagle or the bird, but the yellow symbol which um, uh, I, I know what it is and I'll tell you about it in, in a second uh, and then I, I discovered that there's a brigade, the brigade defending that part of Ukraine is called the Azov Brigade and here is its symbol It flies this flag. Now now, what is this symbol? This symbol is called the wolfsangel and it was the symbol of various divisions of the SS. The SS were of course horrible war criminals who uh, engaged in genocide during the Second World War. And the SS proudly wore this symbol, and it's become a symbol for neo-Nazis all over the world. Uh, Neo-Nazi groups in every part of the world, in the United States and France and Australia and Canada, um, show this symbol. It's become synonymous with support for Nazism. It bears a slight resemblance to a kind of swastika on its side, but that's not the point. The point is it was the symbol worn by the SS, which was the symbol of the worst of Nazi uh, genocide. And and so I began to do some some research on, on this, and it tells a sad, sad story. Uh, a story of a brigade, a brave brigade that's doing a terrific job in beating back the Russians, but Uh, It has many, many Nazis uh, in it, uh, including in its leadership. And uh, when people have said, why do you insist? You know, they claim they've been denazified. They claim that they're no longer Nazis, that there are some Nazis in the organization, but not in the leadership anymore. Why are they still wearing that symbol? Why are they showing that symbol on CNN? Why are they wearing it into the battle? And the answer they give is that the people in the brigade want that symbol. Well, what does that tell you? What if they wanted a pure Nazi swastika symbol or uh, or a symbol of a noose uh, standing for what happened to African-American people during the lynching uh, uh, period? Um, Why? Why is Zelensky allowing uh, this Nazi symbol to be used as the official symbol of the official army of the Ukraine in that part of the country? Well, you know, the answer is this is wartime and, and 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 we have to do what's best for Ukraine. And what's best for Ukraine is to allow whoever wants to fight for Ukraine to fight for Ukraine, regardless of what their beliefs are, regardless of what their symbols are. No, no, no. These are not people who just joining up to fight the Ukraine. This is an official branch of the Ukrainian army. It's been in existence for many years now, and it's been doing a lot of the fighting in that part of Ukraine, and it's been, it's been tolerated. I guess the answer that you would get if you sat down for a drink with Zelensky and he were being honest with you, uh, he would probably say, look I don't like this symbol, I wish they didn't use it, but I can't in the middle of a war make demands on a group of soldiers that are, are fighting for the survival of civilians and the survival of Ukraine. Yes, you can and you should. Zelensky is making lots of demands on the world and they're important demands and they're correct demands. Uh, he wants the world to put Russian generals and the Russian leaders on trial uh, for war crimes. That's right, even if it's not in the interests of some other countries to do that, put principle before interest. He condemns some countries in the world for placing their own interests, their own strategic interests, above those of Ukraine. All right, he may have a right to demand that, but if he's going to demand moral purity, if he's going to demand that countries not have interests, you remember, as uh, Dean Hatchison once said, countries don't have principles, they just have interests. And uh, he is asking countries to put the morality of the Ukrainian situation before their interests, and he's right to do so. But he can't sit back and, and just allow uh, the Nazi symbol to become a symbol of, of heroism. I was disappointed that Jake Tapper, who knows, because CNN actually ran a story on this brigade, the Azov Brigade, about a month earlier. Um, he knows what this symbol is, but he didn't bring it up. Um, you know, obviously, he doesn't want to diminish the heroism of these folks. Well remember, too. Nazi soldiers were heroic. They did heroic things, Uh, individual soldiers, um, if you accepted the values of Germany and Nazism. So terrible people can do heroic things, and uh, people with terrible values can do heroic things. Uh, But Ukraine today can't afford to have Nazis uh, carrying their banners into battle if these banners represent Nazism. First of all, it's stupid. It gives some credibility to Putin's absurd claims that the reason that he's fighting in Ukraine is to denazify a country with a, with a Jewish uh, leader. Uh, it's an absurd claim, but when you see this symbol, you say to yourself, well, you know, there's a little bit of truth to that. It's not denazification of Ukraine, but what is Ukraine doing? Uh, the other answer that's given is there are Nazis in every army. There are Nazis in the American army. Yeah, there are. There are Nazis in the French army. Yeah, there are. There are Nazis in the British army. Yeah, there are. But no other country in the world, no other country since the Second World War has allowed its soldiers to go to battle wearing Nazi symbols. Mr. Zelensky, if you don't understand the difference between not purging your army of individual Nazis and having an entire brigade go to battle under this flag, under this horrible flag, which now represents the country of Ukraine in battle. You know, there's a big difference, and you can't do that. You can't allow that to happen. And, of course, Zelensky has been blind, deaf, and dumb when it comes to the Ukrainian complicity in Nazism. Um, He berated Israel and the Knesset, Um, If you weren't Jewish, I would accuse him of anti-Semitism. He berated Israel in the Knesset for not doing for Ukraine what the Ukrainians did for Jews during the Second World War. Well, God forbid anybody should do to Ukraine what Ukraine did to Jews during the Second World War. Zelensky is either blind or ignorant of history. I like him. I think he's a great leader, but great leaders are flawed. And he's deeply flawed when it comes to the history of Nazism and Nazi support in Ukraine during the Second World War. We all talk about Babiar, the single greatest horror of the Second World War. 33,000 Jewish women, babies, children were lined up in front of pits in the Babiar area of a park right outside of Kiev. I've been there. I've been there. I've shed tears there. I've seen. Uh, the scene of the massacre. Uh, 33,000 of them, in a short period of time, were gunned down and murdered in cold blood. Some of them were alive when they were buried, and they tried to get out, and either they suffocated to death or they were shot. How do you think these 33,000 people got to Babi No, they didn't fly on magic carpets. No, they didn't take buses. No, they didn't walk. They were rounded up by the Ukrainian auxiliary police, Ukrainian nationalists, Ukrainian Nazis brought them to Babi turned them over to the Germans so that the Germans could line them up and kill them. Yes, there were a few handfuls of Ukrainians who were righteous Gentiles, who sacrificed their own lives and their own family to protect uh, Jews. There were several hundred, maybe even a few thousand uh, who helped out in some way. But the vast, vast, and I could go for the whole rest of the half an hour saying vast, 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 majority of Ukrainians supported the Nazis. We're complicit in the Nazi genocide of the Jews. Don't try to cover that up, President Zelensky. Don't try to rewrite history. You have said you want to see never again be something more than a cliché. Well, you can't say never again and have it more than a cliché when you're denying what happened. You have to say never again will Ukrainians be complicit in Nazi approaches and attacks on Jews and Romani and, and other innocent civilians. Who were the camp guards in Auschwitz? Who was Ivan the Terrible? All Ukrainians! Ukrainians were an implicit, explicit part of the Shoah, of the Holocaust, of the genocide, Uh, without Ukrainian complicity, there wouldn't have been uh, uh, how many hundreds of thousands of Ukrainian Jews and Romani murdered in cold blood. Ukraine is not innocent. It is guilty. Many of the war criminals uh, who were put on trial, and some of whom were in prison, weren't Ukrainians, uh, as I said, whether it was Ivan the Terrible or m- any one of the many other terrible Ivans, and there were many terrible Ivans, they were Ukrainians. They were proud Ukrainians. And what do you think happened to them after the war? They were welcomed with open arms into Canada. You know, Trudeau recently said, oh, Canada has always welcomed. Um, immigrants and always welcomed refugees and always welcomed asylum seekers. Everybody should read a book by a guy named Irving Abella, a great historian. It's called Even One is Too Many. It's the Canadian story of how the minister absorption would not allow a single, a single Jew to escape Nazism and come to Canada. Even one is too many, he said on the floor of the parliament. Even one is too many. Suddenly the war's over. And many Ukrainian Nazis trying to escape prosecution come to Canada, which needed farmers for the Midwest. And suddenly, one is too many, changed into we'll take you. And indeed, there's some evidence that when they went, when Canadians went to try to get Ukrainian farmers to come to Canada, they were under explicit instructions, no Jews. Only Ukrainians who were Catholic or who were uh, Eastern Orthodox. So Canada too was horribly, horribly implicated in the Holocaust, as was every other country in the world, practically. The United States turned away the St. Louis, which could have saved uh, hundreds of of people from being uh, murdered in the Holocaust. No country behaved proudly or perfectly during the Holocaust, but Ukraine was among the worst of all, among the worst of all. So President Zelensky. Don't lecture Israel about how Israel should do to Ukraine what Ukrainians did to the Jews of Ukraine. You don't wish want to wish that on anybody. Nobody should do to anybody what the Ukrainians did to the Jews during the Second World War. And you have a special obligation, Ukraine, and you have a special obligation, President Zelensky. it doesn't matter what your religion is. It doesn't matter whether your grandparents were Jewish, or your parents were Jewish, it doesn't matter. You could be the most uh, religious, Eastern Orthodox uh, president of Ukraine, you still have an obligation not to honor Nazis. And I would say, especially the Ukraine has a special obligation not to honor Nazis because of its Nazi history because of its complicity with Nazism. Look, somebody asked me the other day whether I'm still teaching, and I said, no, I retired seven years ago from Harvard after 50 years of teaching. And somebody said, if, if, if a school wanted you to come back and teach one course out of retirement, what would it be? And, and, and I thought about it and I said, yeah, what I would teach is a course on, there's no such thing as perfectly good Uh, Nobody is perfectly uh, 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 good. Um, As I mentioned once before, the suffragette movement was racist and anti-Semitic and nationalist and anti-immigrant and a range of other very, very bad things. Uh, uh, Every movement is flawed, deeply flawed. Um, As Eric Hoffa said, starts as a cause, becomes a movement, and it becomes a racket, and it also becomes intolerant of others who, who disagree. And so I actually taught about this in previous courses that I taught at Harvard College. I taught a course called Where Does Your Morality Come From? And I specialized in focusing on great people who did terrible things. Jefferson, Dostoevsky, uh, Edison, uh, you name it. Uh, It was very hard to find a perfect hero. In fact, I would challenge the students every week. Come up with a perfect hero. Oh, Nelson Mandela. Well, you know, early in his life, he was a... Uh, a terrorist. Uh, Mahatma Gandhi. Mahatma Gandhi was a horrible racist. Uh, he, uh, he uh, when he was a South African lawyer, he preached the racial inequality of black people and considered himself an Aryan. Um, my kids like to tease me because uh, anybody you say something good about, I'll find something bad about them. Not because I'm a naysayer, it's because I don't believe in heroes. Uh, all heroes have clay feet. Uh, there's no such thing as a perfect person. There's no such thing as a perfect cause. There's no such thing as perfection. The perfect is the enemy of the good. Don't aspire to perfection. You'll never reach it. Aspire to be better than you could otherwise have been. Aspire to improve yourself. Aspire to do good things. But don't try to proclaim yourself as perfect because you'll be exposed as a, as a fraud. Um, uh, so that's the course I would teach. And it would disillusion everybody and that would be my goal. I want you to be disillusioned. I don't want you to come away thinking they're uh, great heroes and they're flawless and they're perfect and nothing bad can be said about them. Uh, elected officials, mostly we vote for the lesser of the two evils uh, when we vote in elections. Sometimes we get very good choices. That's not as as uh, common as as one would think. In a democracy, the recent election in France clearly was uh, an election about whether we don't like Le Pen more than we don't like Macron. And people didn't like Macron a little less than they didn't like Le Pen. But neither of them were winning any popularity contests uh, today in the United States. I like Biden. I think he's doing a good job. What is his what is his rating? It's around, I don't know, 40 percent or something uh, like that. It, it's, it's far from perfect. It's far from Uh, You know, uh, Hall of Fame. Uh, When's the last time we had a Hall of Fame president? Um, Certainly not in my lifetime. Um, And uh, not in the lifetime, I think, of my parents and and grandparents. You go back into the history of anybody. Woodrow Wilson, racist. You go back to the history of John Kennedy. You go back to the history of Lyndon Johnson, uh, Jimmy Carter. They all had deep, deep flaws. Um, Some of them hid their flaws better than others. Some of them didn't allow their flaws to influence their conduct in, in office. Um, but you show me a flawless president, and I'll show you a fictional character, um, maybe from um, you know, a, a TV program on, uh, on the West Wing or, or somewhere else. But you're not going to show me a real-life president or a real-life uh, politician uh, who, is, who comes close to Perfection, and we shouldn't expect that of of Zelensky. Uh, but Zelensky can do better, and he has to. He has to get rid of that symbol. He cannot allow the defenders of Mariupol, who are heroes, to be heroes wearing a variant of the swastika and a symbol of the genocide against the Jews, the Romani people and others during the Second World War. That is immoral, and that is wrong. And don't expect people to defend a country that is flying a Nazi flag. That's asking too much of people whose relatives suffered under Nazism from the Ukraine. So we have a right to demand more of Zelensky. You will be critical of this. You will say in the wartime Look, the first casualty of war is truth, morality, normalcy. Look at the terrible things we did. During the Second World War, we imprisoned 110,000 Japanese American citizens and residents. Just because of their national origin, we also imprisoned Italians and Germans in lesser numbers during the Second World War. We took away property of people without due process. We executed some people uh, who were accused of spying uh without a trial even though one of them was an american citizen don't expect perfection during wartime but this is different this is a televised war and you cannot allow your battalion to go to war wearing symbols of nazism and carrying the flag of nazism and expect full throated support from good people decent people people who have suffered from nazism and virtually everybody suffered from nazism so that's my Message to President Zelensky: I wish you well, I wish you good luck, I want you to win. Uh, Whether you take my advice or not, I still want you to win. But if you allow Maripol to be defended by people wearing a Nazi swastika, it will hurt your cause enormously. And I have the right to expose you and do that and make sure that the world holds you to your high principles. If you want never again, to really count and not be simply a slogan, then you have to be the first one to act to make sure never again. Never again means never again shall Nazi symbols be allowed to be worn on the uniform of a democratic country like Ukraine. So shape up, do the right thing, be moral, and get rid of those hateful symbols. Okay, let's see what my friends um, on, Uh, The comment section have to say today. You know, it's interesting. I wish uh, Elon Musk would um, read some of my comments because he'll see what he's opening himself up to. He'll see that, you know, the vast majority who comment about me on my comments, particularly the ones who make personal attacks on me, they haven't seen the podcast. They say so. I wouldn't watch this podcast. He's a pedophile. I wouldn't watch this podcast. He's a Jew. I wouldn't watch this podcast. He thinks that Trump actually lost the election. I wouldn't watch. But then you're writing the comments. Um, I should really limit my reading of comments to people who've watched the show. Of course, I don't know for sure who's watched the show. But I try to do that. And so let's turn to some of the comments now. Um, Well, I'm not Dersh. Oh, no, here's the question. Question to Dersh. Could the government be sued after the government required media or social media to correct or suppress information. Is such depression a violation of the First Amendment? Yes, it is. The government cannot suppress free speech on the internet, and the government cannot compel a private internet to correct errors on free speech. There's a United States Supreme Court decision pretty directly on point. The Miami Herald, to its everlasting shame, refused to publish a letter to the editor from somebody who had been defamed by the newspaper. The Miami Herald which specializes in, in, in defamation, has, has done it for many years and has often been an irresponsible newspaper when it comes to uh, defamation. Uh, but uh, somebody wrote, a politician was defamed, and he said, I want to write a letter to the editor correcting the record. And the Miami Herald said, no, we're not going to print your, your letter to the editor. And uh, he sued and went up to the United States Supreme Court. United States Supreme Court basically said, of course they should print the letter to the editor. That's what good journalism requires. But the First Amendment is not about good journalism. And so we can't compel um, the government. Uh, the government can't compel the independent um, um, uh, newspaper, the Miami Herald, to publish a true response to a false story. And so the answer, I think, is is fairly clear. Uh, and then there was a second comment right after that. Well, I'm not Dersh, but no... The government can't, but the government can't be, but no, the government can't be sued. In the United States, the federal government has sovereign immunity, and it can't be sued unless it raises that immunity. Pretty sure that's right. Pretty sure that's wrong. It's not right. The government can be sued. The government's sued every day. Um, If you violate the Constitution, if you violate the First Amendment, the Fifth Amendment, the Sixth Amendment, you can be sued. There are limits on suing the government for damages, but there are no limits on enforcing Uh, government entities to comply with the Constitution. So if um, Twitter was required by the Justice Department or the FCC or somebody to correct an erroneous speech, they could sue the government and they would, I believe, win. Um, Mr. Dershowitz, do you agree with Musk when he said that Twitter is the new digital town square? Yes, I do. I think Twitter is among the digital town squares. And, of course, you can get up in the town square and babble. Have you ever been to Hyde Park? Most of the people who speak in Hyde Park are either certified insane or racist or just nuts, just bonkers. But they get up there with their crazy costumes and they espouse uh, everything you can espouse. And, 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 and nobody gets arrested for making those kinds of statements because Hyde Park is the town square, and now we have a digital town square. Twitter is among them, obviously. There are other platforms that constitute, together with Twitter, town square. Twitter may be the most important one because it came up with this cockamamie idea, which I don't like, but which has proved to be a great business model, of limiting the number of letters or words that you can use in a tweet, and that really attracts uh, the current generation of people who have an attention span of about 10 seconds. And so Twitter recognized that and recognized people can't read books anymore. Books actually have pages. You know, my books are like 100, they're short, 150, 200 pages. Who's going to sit down and read 150, 200 pages? All we need is a few letters and a few words, and that will convey the complexity of American life. That's what Twitter caught on to. Um, It really is a terrible reflection of the mindset of most people around the world, but it seems to be uh, accurate. Okay, next, if people want a safe space to exchange ideas without disagreement or interjection by others, there's a simple solution. Talk to the mirror. I agree with that. It's just silly and immature to expect a public billboard to be less than chaotic. Of course it's going to be chaotic. Of course there's going to be hate speech. Of course there's going to be disinformation. Of course there's going to be misinformation. That's what the first amendment is all about as Chief Justice Rehnquist said. The First Amendment does not recognize any such thing as a false idea or a false opinion. You can't stop something from being circulated under the First Amendment if it's an idea. The government at least can't stop that, and I want Twitter to operate the way the government operates. No restrictions on ideas. You want to espouse Nazism, go ahead. You want to espouse communism, go ahead. You want to espouse sexism, anti-Semitism. You go ahead, do all that, as long as there's an opportunity to respond. Um, would I have agreed with the Miami Herald case? Probably I'd have to, but very reluctantly. I do believe that the right to respond, the right to rebuttal, the right to answer, is inherent in the principles of the First Amendment, but since the First Amendment doesn't allow the government to tell private entities what to do, the Miami Herald has the right to be wrong and a right to be bad journalists, which they have exercised over and over and over again. Okay. Hey, when I went to PS 189 in Brooklyn, I know it well, we would say a non-denominational prayer every day until some malcontents sued to stop it. Hey, I was one of those malcontents. Um, I helped to sue it. First of all, there's no such thing as non-denominational prayer. If it's prayer, it's denominational. If it's prayer, you're praying to God. Uh, you you, you are against atheists and agnostics and Buddhists and 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 other so the very concept of prayer is by its very nature denominational. In any event, when it's denominational, when it, when they claim it's non-denominational, it's usually Protestant non-denominational. That is, it doesn't distinguish between Presbyterians and Episcopalians and Lutherans and uh, and Baptists. But um, we tried it in Massachusetts, and uh, there were fights that broke out because even the Lord's Prayer or, or the Ten Commandments are different for Catholics, for Protestants, for Jews, um, certainly for Muslims. And so the very concept of a non-denominational prayer is an oxymoron and a contradiction in terms. And for me, the test of this Supreme Court decision, and I'm sorry that I think none of the justices raised this, at least none of the reports indicated they did. First question I would have asked if I were a justice to the school board, what would you have done if Coach Kennedy had gotten up in the middle of the court and said now let's pray to Allah I now will read you a prayer from the Sharia and he starts with Allah Akbar and does, does a Muslim prayer or or, or, or what if uh, Kennedy says Baruch Atah and starts doing a, a Jewish uh, prayer. You think the school board would permit that? No. The school board picked and allowed Kennedy to espouse prayer because it was Christian prayer. I don't know whether it was Catholic prayer, or Protestant prayer, or Presbyterian, or Baptist prayer, but it was Christian prayer. And, um, and the test is whether he, they would have allowed an atheist to get up there and say, uh, there is no God, or I doubt that there is a God. We won this game based on our own fortitude and experience, and those people who claim who cross themselves when they score a touchdown are crossing themselves to a non-existent God. You think they'd allow that? Of course not. You think they'd allow Muslim prayer? Of course not. So we're not talking about prayer in the middle of the field. We're talking about denominational prayer, which can be coercive. Justice um, Kagan, who was my former student in first-year criminal law, uh, Justice Kagan did say that Uh, If you're invited to come and pray with the person who decides whether you get playing time or not or whether you get an A or a B in math, you're going to feel maybe you want to go up there and pray even though maybe praying in public isn't your thing. There is an implicit coercive impact when a coach or a teacher or a principal um, does that. And, you know, you can say, hey, we've crossed that bridge. Every day the Supreme Court starts its session with, God save this honorable Supreme Court on April Fool's when I was a law clerk. We got the clerk, who was a very nice guy, to joke and just mumble. Nobody heard. The justices didn't hear it. Only the clerks heard it. And he basically said, God save the Supreme Court. God save the United States. He said, here's what he said. God save the United States from this honorable Supreme Court. Instead of God save the United States and this honorable Supreme Court on April Fool's Day, we got him to say, God save the United States from this honorable Supreme Court. Uh, fortunately, the justices didn't hear it. We got a good laugh out of it. That was the end of it, but uh, the Supreme Court opens with prayer. Uh, the House of Representatives opens with prayer. The Senate opens with prayer. That's all wrong. It's all in violation of the Constitution. Thomas Jefferson would not have uh, condoned it. He refused to have a day of thanksgiving and a day of prayer. Uh, of course, he's not the only one who uh, was among the founding fathers, but a purist view of the First Amendment, a view that I would take, would prohibit. Uh, prayer uh, in Congress, prohibitive prayer, or by a a minister opening Congress, anybody can pray. Uh, Senators and congressmen really need to pray as hard as they can for their own salvation, but that's a private matter. But to have the Senate and, and the House of Representatives open with prayer, or the Supreme Court open with prayer, is to me a violation of the First Amendment, but that's not what the Supreme Court has said. And I predict, remember, I don't predict outcomes based on my preference. My preference would be the Supreme Court would uphold the firing or at least telling this coach you can't have public prayer in the middle of the football field after a game. I would hope they would do that, but they're not going to do that. They're going to find a way of upholding this kind of prayer and uh, give Coach Kennedy his job back. So remember again, don't ask me to predict the outcome of a court and expect me to give my opinion. I'm not going to give you my opinion. I'm going to do an analysis of how I think the case will come out, and it will often be different from my opinion. Okay, so that's it for this uh, week. Uh, looking forward to seeing you next week. If you want to see me uh, during the week, if you miss me on Thursdays, Fridays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays, just go on Locals, and every day I express my views on a range of subjects um, on Ilan Massa. Uh, I talked about today, what if George Soros had uh, owned uh, the paper? You know, who complained when Bezos bought the Washington Post? Now, of course, the Washington Post is not Twitter, but it's still an important uh, media outlet. So let's try to have few rules for this show. No censorship, no hypocrisy. We're going to have hypocrisy, obviously, but I will not engage in hypocrisy. For me, every argument I make, has to pass the shoe on the other foot test, and if you ever catch me not passing the shoe on the other foot test, call me on it. I don't think you're going to find me not passing the shoe on the other test. Uh, shoe on the other foot test. Well, see you next Monday.